This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep, Bam going back, looking up, he will watch it fly! And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, goal for Yelich! Cody Bellinger hits one out. He does! He's your home run derby champion! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right, it is A's Cast Live coming to you from Ho-Ho Camp Stadium in Mesa, Arizona, where the Athletics have a game tonight against the Chicago Cubs. And this is kind of like... What we do during the regular season where we do the show from the field. We are actually on the dirt as we speak as we're getting you ready to talk about a little bit about this game tonight. We're going to talk about uh, the athletics and we got some great guests for you coming up. Sandy Alomar Jr., a great catcher and was managing for the Cleveland Indians in Vegas will join us at 3.05. The manager of the AAA Las Vegas Aviators. The greatest offense of all time as we talk about it. Fran Reardon is going to join us at 315. Always special when the Contronios get together and they do a broadcast. So Dom Catronio is going to join us. Last time we talked to him was down at the winter meetings in San Diego. He'll be doing the broadcast today with his father. Always very special. Caught up with Franklin Barreto, who's trying to win the second baseman job. And the second base job, he's going to be on at 415. Lou Trevino. The big right-hander will be with us at 445. Matt Olson, your first baseman, the guy that I believe it, this is the year that truly breaks out. This is the year everybody in base. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you know how good he is. He's won back-to-back gold gloves. But I think this is the year for stardom. I think this is going to be a 40-plus home run, 100-plus RBI, another gold glove season. You're going to see him in the All-Star game. We'll talk to Matt Olson at 5 o'clock. And then Pedro Gomez is here from ESPN. Uh, Pedro, once a Bay Area guy, now lives down in Arizona. And they were doing all the interviews today with, with – with all the players and Bob Melvin. So the A's getting a lot of national love after winning 97 games in back-to-back seasons. So, Commander, uh, spring training, what do you think? This is your first time coming down here to the A's spring training. Uh, it's great. I mean, after being in Vegas for a few days as a um, relaxation trip, and then we were at the, uh, the, the ballpark that Fran Reardon built yesterday. Uh, it was, it's, I love it down here. I mean, I'm, I'm I've been up since 4.30 this morning after the flight <laughs> to get here from Air, to, from Vegas, but I love it. Also, another guy that's not on the uh, trusty rundown I printed out, Dallas Braden will be joining us. Oh, that's right. When is Dallas going to be stopping by? Dallas will be coming up at 4 o'clock. 
4 o'clock. All right, so we got to pencil that in. Dallas Braid will be a part in this. We're going to be here all weekend long. We're going to have the manager on, Bob Melvin, for the Bob Melvin Show. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just it's so cool to come down. It's hard to explain to people just how casual it is. But it's just, you know, you come down, you have a few beers, you go to some games, and you enjoy spring training. And, and we actually had a little weather issue here earlier today where it was sprinkling. We had a little thunder and lightning. You know, I remember, I want to say it was 2013 or 2014. I was here when it snowed, like legitly snowed. We were doing the show because back then the A's played at Phoenix Muni, and we're doing the we're doing the show, and this dark cloud just came over Phoenix Muni and started to dump snow, and it got so bad over at Talking Stick where that's the Diamondbacks, and I can't remember who they're with. It messed up their field for like three days because the snow was this, it was slushy, it was wet, and the the these fields are so dry they're not used to getting any like real water. So you can have crazy weather turns around real fast here down in Arizona. But, yeah, like right now what we're watching the players stretch. They're playing flip, which is a baseball game where the infielders play, and there's fungos being hit. It's just, you know, it's a really a relaxed environment, especially after having a really good weekend where they took it to the Cleveland Indians multiple times. And today what we're really going to be looking at is Frankie Montas back on the mound. Can't say enough about the addition of him for a full season, healthy and ready to go. There were times last year that Frankie Montas pitched like an ace. He had ace-like stuff. When you can throw the ball 97, 98 miles an hour and then have control over that split-finger fastball, it gave, it gave the hitters something else to look at that he didn't have. He had the plus fastball, but he didn't have a great breaking ball and he didn't have a put-away pitch. And the problem is with, with today's players – is if that's all you got is 97, and years ago 97 was just, I mean, blowing cheese. But now these hitters are seeing 97, 98 at every level, and if they can gear up because they know that's all you got, you become very hittable very fast. And it really is the great work by Bob Melvin and Scott Emerson to recognize with him this talent and to give him another pitch. And to give him that split-finger fastball, I mean, he, he now has that weapon. And let's face it, there, there was a chance that he could have been not only in the All-Star game, that he could have started the All-Star game last year. That's how good he was. And you start looking around at this rotation, as we saw Jesus Lazardo yesterday in Vegas, just effortlessly throwing 97, 98 miles an hour with a, a killer breaking ball. You know, Sean Manaya is now using a slider. And you think of Chris Bassett, which is always fun to talk to Chris. Saw him today in the clubhouse where Chris Bassett literally throws a 78-mile-an-hour curveball. And that's as hard as he can throw it. And the weapon to be able to throw 93 to 95 and then buckle you with a Nine, with with a 78-mile-an-hour curveball, that's just crazy what he has. So a lot of depth right now for the Oakland Athletics with starting pitching, a lot of depth all around the diamond, and it's one of the reasons why the A's are one of the favorites to win the American League. And the confidence that this team has, wait till you hear the, the answer I, I, I got out of Matt Olson today about the confidence that this team has. This, this team has a... 
they're primed. They're ready to go. This is what it's all about. Really, this is what they are ready to take on the Houston Astros and win the division this year. There is no question in my mind. Well, we need to start getting to some of our interviews because we're uh, we're only on. So we're on till 630 in the Bay Area. Right. Uh, 520 in the Bay Area because we're an hour ahead here in Arizona. 520. So, so it's a 605 start Pacific, 705 for us. So we got to get all these guys in. Let's hear. We got a chance, and, and Sandy Alomar Jr. Was, was really a special talent. I mean, rare for a guy his size, built a lot like Bob Melvin, a guy to be that tall and to be a catcher, and he was an offensive force on those great Cleveland Indian teams. I mean, you, you look back on those teams, it's shocking they didn't win a World Series. Obviously, the Indians lost in the World Series to the Marlins, Game 7, uh, the walk-off base hit that brought in Craig Council. I mean, they got really close, but you go back and you remember the talent that they had on that team. When you have Manny Ramirez and you have Jim Tomey, and you have Robbie Alomar. At one point, they had the Hall of Famer, uh, Eddie Murray. And you had Sandy Alomar Jr. And you had Roberto Alomar. And you just had so much talent on this team. They were special. Of course, you know, and, and he wants to manage. He wants to get his opportunity to be a big league skipper. And he's been able to do it a couple times. But right now, they got Tito Francona. We're hoping that his health is going to be good. And, and Francona, obviously, is one of the best managers in all of baseball. He's won multiple World Series. He's taken a ton of teams to the postseason. But since he left the Red Sox to go to the Indians, that means our skipper, Bob Melvin, is the longest tenured skipper in Major League Baseball. But we want to play this for you. Uh, Sandy Alomar Jr., We I laughed with him before we actually did the interview because he's like, he was blocked by Benito Santiago. And it wasn't like... They were going to move him in San Diego to a different position. So what they ended up doing was trading him for Joe Carter. So he was a great player that never got a chance to play for the Padres. Like his his father was a coach there for years. Robbie, the Hall of Famer, started there. So we got a chance to catch up with Sandy Alomar Jr. right here on A's Cast Live. Well, I think about for you, Las Vegas, this is a special place for you. You played here for a while when you were with the Padres. Absolutely. Uh, I, I spent two full, uh, full years here in Las Vegas. I had a great time here. Uh, a couple of great seasons, championship, and and uh, I mean I could have been treated any better uh, uh, by the front office here, Don Logan and and uh, San Diego Padres and the Las Vegas Stars. So it was a great time here. And I think for you, as you're going to be managing today, obviously this is a big part of your future. You're going to be manager someday in the big leagues. What was it like being on the on the staff with uh, Tito Francona? It's a lot of fun, man. He, he, you know, you get your own responsibilities. He, he let, he, you know, he let uh, everybody do their part and then incorporate it into the game. Uh, the freedom that he gives you to do your thing. So you, you, know, you tend to get a lot of responsibilities. So you make sure you do things right. And I think about your ball club now. This is still a team that has a chance to win the Central. You guys are still in this thing. You know, you got the Minnesota Twins. People talk about the White Sox. But you guys are still a really, really good ball club. Absolutely. We, we won 93 games last year, and, that, and that's including uh, considering that we, have, uh, we missed Lindor for a month and Jose Ramirez for a month and a half. We missed Clevenger for a month. So we had a share of injuries. We still managed uh, to put together a fantastic season. Just Minnesota uh, really did play fantastic baseball last year. So we're still on a hunt for it to be a team in the race. And I think about the American League because this, this affects us, the A's also, is 
there's only a few teams really in this. There's a lot of underbelly. Talk about how when you think about the Yankees, you think about the Rays, you guys, the Twins, the A's, the Astros. There's only so many teams that are really, really in this thing to try and win divisions and get to the, the World Series. I mean, you can take nobody for granted, for granted because anybody can show up like Minnesota did last year. But, you know, the, the A's always uh, putting good teams out there. They're very competitive. And uh, uh, if you're looking for a wild, uh, wild card spot, it's very difficult uh, not to. you got to win more than 90 games you know, in order to make it. Yeah, think about that. We've won 97 games two straight years, and it only got us to a wild card game. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, a team that wins that many games should be – uh, guarantee a, a, a postseason, you know, like a series, not not just a wild card. And when I think about you in Cleveland, what is that relationship like as you being a Cleveland Indian? And I know that the relationship between you and the town is very special. Very special. Uh, they they gave me that, that, that great opportunity to play Major League Baseball uh, mm-hmm. when I got I got traded to, uh, from from San Diego. Carlos Varga, myself, and Chris James. It was a good. Uh, an eye-opening experience, and uh, the opportunity was there. And uh, I mean, they they embraced us when we got in, and we went through the whole process of rebuilding in Cleveland, and then we end up joining the the results of uh, of a rebuilding. And your guys' teams, you guys were loaded. You had Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. You guys set the, the the streak for sellouts all time. At J- back then was Jacobs Field. What was it like during that time playing for the Indians? It was very electric. You know, you, you go to the ballpark, you have 43,000 people every single day. Uh, it felt like an, uh, a playoff atmosphere every home game. So uh, it was uh, very electrifying. Uh, our team, we had a fantastic offense and, and, and a remarkable bullpen. So, like... Uh, the fans got to experience something very exciting for many years. We appreciate the time. Good luck today, and we'll see you back down in Arizona. Definitely. Thank you very much. Sandy Alomar Jr., a lot of fun. You know, one of those guys that, you know, as a baseball fan growing up and watching him play, you knew he was definitely a special talent. Unfortunately, you know, the tools of ignorance, catchers get beat up, and he got beat up. He was still a six-time All-Star, made a lot of money, and – He's still in the game. People forget. So when Cleveland first opened up their new ballpark, Jacobs Field, I'm not sure if they still – do they still have the record for most sellouts? They had the record for most sellouts. I think the Giants might have beat it because the Giants were lying about sellouts. <laughs> if you remember back, you see a Giants game on television, a foul ball would go up, and you look at the upper deck, and nobody's there. And it's, hey, it's another sellout. And it's not a sellout. According to the, according to USA Today, the Red Sox had the longest streak, the longest home sellout streak in major pro sports history, ended back in 2013 at 800 in 20 games. So they beat the the Indians' record from ninety five to one. So the Red Sox had the record. Well, and then you know the thing for them too is you can only get so many people into Fenway Park. It's a tiny ballpark. But bottom line is the those Indian teams were absolutely stacked, and then they had guys that they couldn't even bring up. You know, guys that were just blocked. And they had pretty good careers. Like like we mentioned, you know, it's amazing the war that Brian Giles had. But Brian Giles is blocked. They had to ship him to Pittsburgh. Richie Sexton was blocked. I was literally going to say Richie Sexton. And where did he go? Did he go to Seattle? Seattle, he went to Seattle first. Yeah. He was, he was up in really Arizona. Good. He was really good with Seattle. Yeah, they had they had so much. And you know what? They were the original team 
to what they did was amazing. They traded Joe Carter and they traded a couple of their stars and they got the they got a ton of these prospects. And once they got the prospects and they were ready to go in their new ballpark, that's when they started bringing in veteran players. So you had a you had a crop of young guys like Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey, and then you put them with stars like Roberto Alomar, Eddie Murray, and those. I bet you don't even remember those teams. Uh, well, I pulled up. I remember some of the guys. I pulled up the '95 Indians team. Uh, Tony Payne was their, was their uh, catcher. Carlos Baegra was their second baseman. Omar Vizquel was their shortstop. Yeah. Jim Tomey played third base. Albert Bell was in left. Kenny Lofton center. Manny Ramirez right field. Eddie Murray was at DH. And then on their bench, they had Sandy, uh, Dave Winfield, former uh, Phillies GM Ruben Amaro, friend of the program Billy Ripken, uh, the aforementioned Brian Giles, Pirate legend, Jeremy Burnitz, and then David Bell, the manager of the Reds. I mean, all these guys are named guys. That, that, that's how good they were. Speaking of good, the greatest offense in the history of baseball was managed by our own Fran Reardon and the Las Vegas Aviators. We always like having Fran on. Got a chance to hook up with him in Vegas. This guy is going to be a manager someday in the big leagues. Here is Fran Reardon, the manager of the A's AAA Ball Club. It's great to finally meet you. We've had you on A's Cast Live a few times, and uh, it's wonderful to be here. Obviously, a ballpark that means a lot to you guys and what you guys do here with the Aviators. Yeah, it's been a great relationship so far. Last year being the the first year of the uh, A's affiliate with Las Vegas and opening up a new stadium and and just having the excitement around the Summerlin Las Vegas area for the the new team and the new affiliate. And then, uh, you know, having a really nice year last year and having a a really good team to, to play every night in front of these fans was made for a special year. So I, I, what we're trying to tell A's fans is that they got to get down here, that this ballpark is absolutely beautiful. It's like $150 million to build it uh, here in Summerlin. It's a great place, a lot of great golf courses around here. And, and I think about the fan support and just what this ballpark has done for the area is tremendous. It really is. And, and Las Vegas is a, just such a great sports town in general. You know, you have the Raiders coming, you have the Golden Knights who have had a lot of success in their first couple of years here. And then you combine that with the Aviators coming last year, this beautiful gem of a stadium in Summerlin that is just, uh, you know, it's beyond words until you really come here and see it and experience it. I think people don't understand the, the scope of how great it is. And whether it's the fans or the players or the coaches, uh, I think everyone benefits. So we joke all the time on A's cast that you're the manager of the greatest offensive team of all time. We always have fun with that because uh, all the home runs, I mean, it's truly you're in the desert, thin air and, and a lot of home runs. How do you evaluate pitching, hitting when you know that we already know the ball was a little bit juiced last year? How, how do you evaluate the talent? Well, I mean, there's certain metrics that you can look at that, that plays, whether it's uh, Las Vegas or whether it's New Orleans and it just you know, looking at how hard a guy hits the ball, looking at spin rates on pitchers, stuff that we didn't have the ability to measure five, six, seven years ago that we do today. It, it makes it so that you can evaluate uh, performance, you can evaluate talent, no matter where the, the baseball is being played. And I think that's a big part of it, and I think that's what, what our front office does a great job of evaluating to, to make it play 
so that the guys that they're calling up are going to have success and are going to produce at the major league level regardless of where they're coming from. AAA is so interesting because of your relationship with the front office and with Bob Melvin and his staff, that direct connection, because the guys you're managing, they're coming to the big leagues to help. What is that relationship for you like with Bob and the front office? Well, I think it's a great collaboration, first of all. Um, I think there's a lot of synergy between the front office, the major league staff, uh, led by Bob Melvin, and the, the AAA staff, and, and all working together to make sure that we're all on the same page and, and doing this, the things at the minor league level that they want done in the big leagues, and sharing information, you know, when guys go up or guys come down, maybe some guy gets sent down and he needs to work on something to, to get back there, or maybe a guy's going to go up and... Uh, the staff isn't as familiar as, as we are with them, so we'll, we'll send them some reports or we'll, you know, we'll throw a phone call out there. But I, I think that the relationship in its entirety works really, really well, and I think that's, that's been a part of our, our success in the big leagues the last couple of years. You know, one thing we've talked about recently is about the depth in this organization right now with starting pitching. It was just last year and two years ago where David Force and Billy Bean are just trying to find a starting staff at the big league level. Now I think of, you know, whether it's Holmes, Caprelli, and these guys, you're going to have a terrific starting staff this year in Las Vegas. Talk about the depth that we have with, with starting pitching. Well, that's, that's the goal. You know, you, you have to have a lot of guys that are ready to contribute, especially starting pitching in the big leagues. And we're fortunate to be in that position where we've either traded or drafted or free agent signed guys that are coming up that are ready to contribute and just need an opportunity. And as we all know in this game, opportunities come at the, the drop of a hat, and these guys need to be ready. But it's a good place to be in where you have uh, just a, a great depth of starting pitching. And you know, compared to where we were uh, two, three years ago, I think we're in a really good place. Yeah, because I think it was, God, it was like the 2012 Tigers are like the last team to only use seven starters in a season. So it's like your guys down here have to know that there's a good chance they're going to be coming up. I think they know that. And what, it's not just the pitchers, it's position guys too. We use a lot of guys from AAA over the course of the year, and it's always like that. And um, it, it's a great organization to be in to get an opportunity at the big leagues or get another opportunity to play in the big leagues if you've already been there so I think that 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 helps when you're trying to sign minor league free agents and I think it helps with the overall quality of the AAA team and the ability to fill in different spots at the major league level in case of injury or any other circumstance. What is it like for you? You know you got these guys it's their dream to play major league baseball and you got parents you got wives you got girlfriends you're in AAA you get the chance to call the guy in and tell them your dream's coming true, you're going to the big leagues. What is that like for you? It's the best part of the job. I mean, if you think of all the things that a AAA manager does on a day-to-day -day basis, it's a great job. Um, you're, you have an effect on, on kids and you're teaching and you're, you're coaching and you, you want to you know, get them as prepared as you can to play in the big leagues. And when that call comes, and it's, it's one thing to tell a guy who's been there two or three times, he's been an up, up and down guy and he's going back. And that's still wonderful because that's mm -hmm. still the goal to get to the big leagues. But when you have an opportunity to tell a guy for the first time and maybe you have a relationship with him from a, you know, four or five, six years ago in the, the lower levels of the minor leagues and you know his journey and you've seen the work he's put in and the sacrifices that he's made, to be able to tell him that he's going to big leagues for the first time is it's an experience, and it's it's one that can't be replicated. And just just seeing the the emotions that come out, uh, the sheer joy, and whether it manifests in, in tears or laughter or disbelief or hugs or 
whatever whatever way it comes out, it's just a beautiful thing and by far the best part of the job. So uh, I'm taking from this that every single time you do it, it's it's different. It's a different scenario with every guy. And then tell me about what it's like when you have a guy who's like an older guy who thinks he you know probably has run out of time. Maybe he's just a triple A guy. Let's say he's 29, 30, and you tell him for the first time he's going to the big leagues. Well, that, I mean that makes it even more special because. To know that a guy has spent 10, 11 years in the minor leagues and he's finally getting the chance to realize his dreams when 90% of his peers have given up and he's kept on year after year grinding and working and sacrificing and just trying to achieve something that he set out to do probably when he was a little boy. Um, the, older, the older they are, going to the big leagues for the first time, the, the more it means to them because they're their story is longer. Uh, more pages have been written, and I think it means more to them. So that's another level of uh, a moment for those guys. And what's interesting about your job is you have to do what's best for the organization, but yet you also have to win games. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's what you're here to do every single day. Yeah, our, our number one focus is to have guys prepare to produce at the major league level. Not just go there and be wallflowers, but to go, go there and produce and play confidently and help the major league club win. Uh, our second objective, and I make no secret about it, is to win at the AAA level. And there is a lot of fluidity, there is a lot of movement with our roster, up and down, big leagues, AAA, AAA, AA. And I expect the same things from the guys coming to AA that in the big leagues they expect from our guys coming there. They need to be ready to produce, they need to be ready to perform at a, a different level, and they need to help a, a ball club win because they're getting prepared to go help the major league club win. So it's, it's an expectation that I think you, you can uh, talk about freely and you know make no secret that you're trying to get guys ready for the big leagues, but you're also trying to win every night. Hey, it's great to finally meet you. I truly appreciate you coming on, and we'll have you on throughout the season. Good luck this year here in Las Vegas. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks. We're looking at Fran Reardon right now. He's standing in front of us. We did that interview in, in the uh, house that Fran Reardon built in Las Vegas. By the way, cannot say it enough. The actual ballpark is phenomenal in AAA. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the coolest ballparks I've ever been. I've ever been in. In, in right center, they have the pool. You can rent out for parties. Uh, they have all kinds of food all over the place. Really good food, and there's, it, 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 they did a really good job for people who are not like maybe hardcore baseball because there's a ton of entertaining things to do there. They have all kinds of lounges there. They've got luxury suites. I mean, it was 150 million dollars, and it looks like it was 150 million dollars. And the facilities. When we went into the clubhouse and the weight room, and this is what Major League Baseball is talking about when they're talking about eliminating some of these teams that are still in archaic stadiums. You got to be able to feed the players. Players got to be able to work out. They got to be able to train, and you got to update your facilities. Well, if anybody wants to see updated facilities and you want to see how to build a ballpark, uh, you, you go to Las Vegas Ballpark because it is second to none. And Fran, Fran's very proud of it, and it's a great deal. you got Red Rock Casino right next door. So, Ace fans, you want to go check it out, you can get the, the, the Las Vegas feel at Red Rock Casino, which is really nice. Went in there, it's really nice. And then you walk across the street, and you're taking in an Aviators game. No question, one of the best set. What did you think, Cody? This is one of the best setups I've ever seen. 
Yeah, well, the only other minor league ballpark, ballpark I've ever been to was San, San Jose Municipal, where the Giants play. Which is and, uh, home of the San Jose State Spartans also. Let's just say that it's a... Um, it's old. Game. It's old, yeah. It's old. But uh, they've redone a ton of it, though. Like, like from when I played at Muni, the clubhouses are completely different. Like, the whole, the whole thing is different. They've remodeled a lot of the stuff. And that's what you have to do. And that's the problem with some of these... Minor league ballparks throughout the country, they haven't done anything. I mean, these ballparks look like they did in the 1950s and 60s, and they need to be changed. All right, coming up next, we're going to have an all-Catronio broadcast again tonight. One of the cool things always we have in spring where father and son get together and they do play-by-play. He'll be joining us next right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town. A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. From the town, we're in Mesa, Arizona. We're a southwest hour and 40-minute flight from the town. We're nowhere near the town. We're at spring training, baby. And you need to get your tickets. You need to get them now. We have huge series coming up, especially the Astros early. You're going to get the Yankees. You're going to get the Red Sox. You're going to get Trout. The Braves come to town this year. Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman. You can get your tickets at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Mets and Braves coming to town. That's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you may you may have a series where, what if it's DeGrom, Scherzer, Stroman? I mean, that would be a big series. We, we just want to see the polar bear, let's be honest. That's all we're looking Pete for. Pete Alonzo. Are you going to tell him you have a crush on him and you want his autograph? I'm going to tell him Jacob DeGrom's going to his third straight Cy Young <laughs> with 10 wins. Dom Catronio joins us. He Last time we talked to you was in San Diego for the winter meetings. Yes, sir. It's good to be here in sunny Arizona. I remember that week in San Diego was kind of chilly. But, no, nah, it's been great. And uh, tonight should be a whole lot of fun. You know, it, it has become one of the cool things about spring training is you and your dad being able to do a broadcast together. It's not quite the Griffies playing together, but the fact that you guys doing big league games, I know it means so much to your mom and the family. It's something. It's it's really special. It's awesome. I mean, last year when we did the full game together, it was uh, Salt River Fields, and she kind of she had tickets to the game. She came up into the booth, got this awesome shot of us, you know, kind of looking out, working together, and so it's kind of really really cool to think about. You know, that shot's going to be something that we hang and you know frame. And you know, now with some a little more awareness around it too, people are going to get some photos. I mean, my Twitter has been nonstop thanks to you guys and thanks to Dad tweeting old, embarrassing childhood photos of me all day today. So it's been kind of funny on how the connection has been made. You know, Ace fans don't really know me, but they know Dad, and they know me. You know, kind of through him, and you know, he doesn't shut up about me sometimes. I tell him, you know, hey, I got sisters too, and they're doing great things. So <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a whole lot of fun to be able to do this, and I thank the uh, everyone with the A's, Matt Pearl, and the whole crew here for allowing me to trust me with a few games here this week. Yeah, you were born in Texas, and you grew up really, you know, around that Rangers ballpark. But then, as you got older, you guys migrated out here, and you went to high school here. You graduated from Arizona State. You're a Sun Devil. So that's always good to be able to come back home, too. It's fantastic. And this is the first off season I was home-home. Uh, I had spent the last couple of off seasons in North Carolina uh, between my seasons out there when I was working for the Rangers organization. So this is the first year I decided, you know what, let's just come home. I was lucky to have some opportunities with the Arizona Fall League, had some opportunities with MLB.com doing the collegiate tournament they have over at Salt River Field. So there, it, it definitely made sense to come home for a little bit and uh, just kind of enjoy an off season in the in the desert and play some golf and 
hang out with dad, you know, because we hadn't been, you know, in the same city for the last five years. And, of course, you work for, uh, i got to say, you work for the Houston Astros. Full disclosure. But at the minor league level, you're not with the cheaters up there with the big club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, obviously, that is a – it's an organization, let's face it, they're stacked. It's it's incredible. And watching the team that we had in Corpus Christi, don't get me wrong, the, the team in Midland was, was very impressive this season, too. That was a whole lot of fun to watch. But the team that we had in Corpus Christi – and the, the trade deadline uh, when they made the deal for Zach Greinke. That was pretty much our entire Corpus Christi team. So uh, J.B. Bukowskis, Josh Rojas uh, were both you know on the team on opening day. Corbin Martin made the big league team. He was with Corpus Christi in 2018. Uh, it's just an incredible list of guys that – oh, and Seth Beer was literally our three-hole hitter the day of the trade. So there is still talent in that system. It's headlined by Forrest Whitley. Uh, who's a great golfer, by the way. He, you know, sits 98. He's got three legit pitches. The the curveball is plus. The changeup is flashing plus. Just command for him. But, yes, the Astros do have a lot of talent, but they don't want to hear me say that. The A's certainly have a ton of talent coming to, and it's young. And that's the big difference between the talent of the A's and the Astros. This talent's a lot younger. And this is, this is going to be a battle for a long time. Neither of these teams are going away. People... People are telling me that the Angels are better. I know they're going to score. I don't know how they're going to get 27 outs. I don't know about the Rangers, and we know it's a total full rebuild in Seattle. So these these two organizations, the Astros and the A's, are going to go head-to-head, I think, for years to come. This should be a lot of fun because for two reasons. As you said, the windows are open for both teams, and the division isn't you know a rollover. Like you said, the Angels got better. You, you can say what you want about their pitching, they got better. And for the Rangers, yeah, there's a lot of questions about their offense, but they arguably had one of the best one-two punches in the American League last year with Mike Miner and Lance Lynn, and no one saw that coming. And they now add Corey Kluber, who didn't have elbow issues last year. It was just fractures from comebackers. So it's about his stamina. So I, I still worried about the Rangers. Those are not going to be rollovers there in Arlington. So this is going to be a really fun division to watch. And you look at the whole American League, what, there's maybe three teams truly tanking, the Orioles, the Mariners, and the Tigers. The, the Royals should be better, and uh, looking at their young talent coming, this is not going to be an easy league. Just like the National League has reloaded, the American League is not easy, and uh, as more specifically, the AL West. Yeah, it's one of the reasons, you know, one of the things I'm talking to all these guys about is about getting out to a hot start because, you know, in the last year in the American League, you, you win 97 games, it only gets you in the wild card game. You have to win over a hundred games and the way to do that is you start well you play well in the first month and then you you are over 500 every single month then you look up at the end of the year that's where you have 107 wins with the Astros or you have a 106 wins for the Dodgers you're gonna I mean until further notice you have to win at least 100 games if you're gonna win your division at further notice absolutely but then I think it goes back to my last point though with the American League you look at like the, the Twins last year and what they had to what they could enjoy in the in the Central. Cleveland had some injuries, but then the Tigers weren't going to be making any noise. The Royals weren't going to be making any noise, so they kind of could make things easier and for themselves. But in this division, you know, I mean, I know the Astros are talented, but I don't think a hundred wins is going to win this division. There's going to be too much blood between the teams head to head. And what do you think? So this is what we do in Oakland. This is we, we we set up on the field. Nice, I like this. Yeah, we do this before uh, every game, unless it's a day game, and you know we're the only team in baseball doing this. And the kind of act, I mean, to have a a live talk show on the field during batting practice, where players, I mean, this is 
It's access, man. The, the setup is just, it's unbelievable. So this is the first time you're getting to see it, right? Yeah, it's first time because I haven't been to Oakland since you guys uh, launched this. So I haven't been to Oakland, actually. It's funny. I haven't been to an Oakland A's game since the Chris Davis three-homer, third homer being the walk-off Grand Slam against the Rangers game back in 2016. I have not been to Oakland since then, and I really miss in the Coliseum. So we'll try to make a date out there and uh, go see Dad and, and see the Coliseum and see everybody out there in the East Bay. Well, you're a little bit you're a little busy these days. Yeah, yeah, we can find a time. You know, there's always another game. There's, tell I mean, people all the other games. stuff you do because you do you do college. Mm-hmm. So it, the the whole list of what I did uh, this past year, this last twelve months is uh, I did IMG College, which is now Learfield IMG College. Some studio hosting for the Washington State Cougars, as well as some other schools while I was there. Studio hosting updates, you know, engineering things like that. Then I had my season in Corpus Christi. Uh, then I had some college games that we did there at Whataburger Field. Yeah, it's, the, it's called Whataburger Field, by the way. It's really awesome. <laughs> uh, lo and behold, quick sidetrack, Whataburger was founded in Corpus Christi. Really? Uh, I actually did not know that. And as a born Texan, I should have known that before moving to Corpus Christi. But that's that. And then, But other than that, like I said, I did the uh, Arizona Fall League Rising Stars game, so their all-star game this year. I was on MLB.com and did that with Jonathan Mayo. That was a whole lot of fun. Greg Dykeman was in that game. Got to talk to him before that contest. So that was cool to see some green and gold in there. Uh, also did the MLB4 Collegiate Baseball Tournament at Salt River Fields a couple of weeks ago. That was Vanderbilt, Michigan, UConn, and uh, Cal Poly. So that was a whole lot of fun to call. And, uh, yeah, staying busy, work playing golf, working at the golf course that I worked at in high school and just kind of the past time, get some free golf out of it. So uh, it's it's really, really been a great off season, and tonight should be a whole lot of fun with Dad. I um, I had Whataburger for the first time in Houston. And? What'd you get? I got a huge hamburger. Yeah, it's it, everything's bigger in Texas. Put it this way, it was, uh, it was late night. Yeah, I get We're the Raiders. We were out late. There's a reason it's open 24 hours, Chris. <laughs> I mean, the drink that I had, this Coke, <laughs> was like it was like it was bigger than anything you see at 7-Eleven. No, it was uh it was, I remember it was really tasty, but yeah. I think anything would have been tasty at that point. But, I understand. But well, it, it was amazing. like when we were there, there was I mean, there was a line out the door. Yeah, I mean, I can hear people screaming through the radio right now, screaming through TuneIn right now to say, "Well, in and out's better." You know, I can hear them screaming it right now. I'm like, look, I'm not saying in and outs bad. I grew up with Whataburger. I grew up with a number one, and you know, add cheese and add bacon because I can add bacon at Whataburger. You can't add in and out. And then also I can get breakfast and I can get the best late night bite, picking up what you're putting down, the best late night bite in the world. Wendy's is copying it now so everyone else can have it too. The honey butter chicken biscuit. Honey butter chicken biscuit. Honey butter chicken biscuit. You can only biscuit. get it because it's open 24 hours. You can only get it for breakfast, but they start serving breakfast at 11 p.m. So 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Does it come with gravy? So it's a biscuit, a chicken strip, smothered in honey butter. It's like a sweeter gravy. It's better. It's wow. it's Trust me. It's the perfect salty sweet. You know, it, it's it's awesome. That sounds incredible. So next and, time. And, 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 and it's always key. Like, like I was just in Philly, and I went. I did, my buddy and I both did Gino and Pat's. Yeah, exactly. And you got to go. Wit and whiz. So wit <laughs> means that's with the onions and pe- wit, wit everything. And yeah. whiz is the is the cheese. Yep, exactly. You got to know what you're doing when you're traveling. You got to know the lingo. Look, your cities like, that you guys get to go to are, are, in all due respect to the Texas League, a little bit better than the Texas League cities that I'm going to. Uh, Amarillo was added to the league this year, by the way. So no more San Antonio. Uh, it's now Corpus Christi, Amarillo, Frisco, Midland, Tulsa, Little Rock, Fayetteville, and Springfield, Missouri. It is shocking. I don't think a lot of people understand how big San Antonio is. Huge. It, it is really, you know, it was a place that the Raiders actually looked at. 
And but right now, you know, Jerry Jones considers that his territory and Jerry's the big swing and you know what. Mm -hmm. But it really is hard to believe we do not have an NFL team or we do not have a baseball team. We only have a basketball team in San Antonio. It is kind of wild to think. And because of that being the only sport in San Antonio that everyone in South Texas becomes fans of the Spurs, like Jose Trevino with the Texas Rangers, their catcher. He grew up in Corpus Christi. He is the biggest San Antonio Spurs fan you will ever meet. And it's kind of wild to think, like, but you grew up two hours away. Like, how'd you become a Spurs fan? It's like, it's all we got, you know? It's all you got. It's all you got. And so that's what makes it so important to have, you know, the A's in the East Bay. You know, we're the A's. We got the East Bay locked down. It's really going to be exciting to see this new generation grow up with a really, really fun, talented team. You know, you know what's tough about doing minor league play-by-play is how the team changes. I remember, I mean, when I did it was eons ago when I did the San Jose Giants. And I remember our first half, we were hell on wheels. But then everybody started getting hurt above the the San Jose Giants. So by the time, if I'm correct, the ball club won the first half. And then second half happens, fall off. And then you're in the playoffs. But the team that really got you in the playoffs, they're all up at double A and triple A now. So it's like, and we went into the playoffs and got hammered. Yeah, for folks who don't know, for most leagues in the minors, that it's not like a traditional full season race. It's a first half race and a second half race. 140 game season, so 70 game halves. And if you win the first half, you're automatically in the playoffs. So uh, in, in your case, Chris, yeah, I've had that happen to me in Orem, my first year in pro ball in 2016. The team was tremendous. It was with the Angels organization. The team was tremendous. They were, you know, winning games left and right. They had the best record by 10 games heading into the last three weeks of the season. And then everybody started to get promoted. So it's just, it's part of the job, you know. The minor leagues exist to benefit the big leagues, so it benefits the players to be moved up. And while it comes to the cost of the team, granted, that team ended up winning the first half and winning the whole dang thing, which was pretty fun. I got two minor league rings that I don't get to wear that often just sitting uh, back in my house. Yeah, I always feel bad for the fans because you fall in love. You know, they're yep. packing the house. You fall in love with the team. And the next thing you know, where are all our guys going? Who are these guys that have been called <laughs> up? And then, and, then, and then immediate struggles. Hey, man, thanks for stopping by. It was great having you on down in San Diego. Great having you on again today. Well, actually, I'll be talking to you probably all week. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, Dad and I have the game today, and a lot of folks have been reaching out about that. But then uh, I'll have tomorrow in Glendale, Thursday here, and Friday here. So that those three, I'll be solo for those. So you'll be joining me in uh, A's Total Access, the pregame show. Yes, sir. For the next uh, four games. Can't wait. Are you are, are you doing weekend, too? Or I'm not doing weekend. That's the regular crew coming back in. So right. that's when uh, I schlep off and go back to the golf course and get ready for my season. Have a good call, and I'll see you up there in, uh, what, about an hour and 20 minutes? Something like that? Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. Coming up next, we'll continue to get you ready for a little A's baseball. It's the A's and the Cubs from Ho-Ho Camp Park here in Mesa, Arizona. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We have some disappointing news. We are going to have to go to Glendale, Arizona, home of the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow, which is nowhere near where we're staying. And then we're going to have to go from Glendale back here to Ho-Ho Camp to be able to do Ace Cast Live. Is that what is that what I'm believing here? Yeah, I just looked at it to see how much it costs on Uber to take an Uber from here in Mesa 
to Glendale. It's surging right now, but it's only quiet $75 one way. Matt Pearl's going to love that, Bill. <laughs> what do we have coming up here? We got uh, Dallas Braden at 4 o'clock. We're going to have the great Dallas Braden here in about 10 minutes. So we are literally lined up down the right field line, and we're looking right at first base. So right now you have Matt Olson taking ground balls. You got the great Mark Kotze, former A and arguably the greatest college baseball player of all time. He's, he's on first as Bob Melvin is hitting fungos to Matt Chapman. That's the kind of access you get here with A's Cast Live. It, it is really, really spectacular. And I can't wait uh, to talk with Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden was actually mentioned in an article today. Did you see where Dallas Braden was mentioned, Cody, as the producer of this show? I did not. Where was it? There's an article out there about the player that can be like a folk hero for every franchise. Oh, yes, I did. This is a couple of days ago I saw this. Dallas was mentioned for, for the A's. I was looking through it, and there were some interesting guys for different teams. But, yeah, they picked Dallas for the A's, which I could see that. I could see that because he's a local kid from Stockton. Oh, I mean – we know what he does. With does the, TV know, now. The fans love him. He used to be on Baseball Tonight, ESPN. Through, through, through the perfect game. Barstool. I remember last year, Dallas Braden went all the way up to the right field line and upper deck. All the way, because, you know, right field at some point, it cuts off, right? And you're looking at Mountain Davis. And he went up there by himself. And then all of a sudden, people started tweeting about it. And then they showed it on television. Next thing you know, Dallas Braden had a line that was seeking his autograph as he was trying to be by himself and drink a beer and watch the game, he got mobbed by people. So, you know, Dallas is somebody that I think we really look at as a true A. And as somebody who comes down here now every single year for fantasy camp and he's gotten to know so many of the fans, I think that actually was a really good call. Agree 100%. The only other guy I could see being a, a cult hero. The face of the franchise, Raymond Fossey. Ray, 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 Raymond Fossey is too big for that. He's, he's Ray Fossey. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed we're not going to see Foss while we're down here. I mean, you might see him over the weekend, but I won't see him while I'm here. A little, uh, little disappointed that he uh, kind of got our schedules. We wanted to do the Fossey and Rossi segment today. Well, and what we're going to what we're going to get coming up here is we're going to get back into basically the season. So. Uh, we'll talk to Bob probably tomorrow, so the Bob Melvin show will be updated. Uh, at some point, we're going to sit down with the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forst, and we're going to be in mid-season form. We'll be doing shows all week down here, so we'll be on Monday through Friday, and I'll be heading back to the Bay Area on Sunday, and then we'll be back down here for the 13th, 14th, and 15th, uh, giving you A's coverage. And like we've said all along, the big selling point for A's Cast and A's Cast Live is the fact that you're getting more A's coverage and more Major League Baseball coverage than ever before. This is something that you guys demanded. This is something that you wanted to see. Look at Mark Kotze picking it. See that? Uh, he, he saved He saved one of us from getting drilled. Kotze's picking it. Picking it. The former outfielder slash closer. Did you hear the Moneyball reference, pick a machine? <laughs> well, you know, something uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, talk to Marcotte later on while we're down here. Can you imagine if he would have came up today 
being a two-way player because Mark Kotze would, would close games out for Cal State Fullerton. Could he pitch and hit? Because that, you know, we're, we're going to – we're this is coming with, with, with rosters that are all about being versatile. How many different positions can you play at this level and be good at it and the flexibility that that gives the manager? You know, does he think he could have come out, come out of center field and, and got guys out? Well, there's, a, there's another guy that's been linked to being a two-way player. Uh, it's a buying or selling question that, that I'll try to get to later. Uh, interesting, but Jose Batista working out in the Dominican Republic. Is a, Joey Bats? Joey Bats, age like 37, 38, working out as a pitcher. So that'll be fascinating to see if he can, uh, if he'll be able to ever come back to the majors that old as a pitcher. So we'll see. Joey Bats is trying to come back as a pitcher? I don't remember him having some sh- strong, ferocious arm. I believe, if I if I read it right, Jeff Passan had a tweet. He heard from an uh, from a source that he has fastball up to 94. If that's true, I mean, Batista always had a strong arm playing right field at Rogers Center. I remember watching him then, and, you know, when he played for the Pirates, he wasn't he was nowhere near as good as he was with the Blue Jays. But seeing him as a two-way player with that arm in right field, I can see him throw 94, but can he locate? Can he throw any, any secondary pitches? You know, what what what's, what's what else can he do? Yeah, if you, if you got straight 94 – you're going to be batting practice. I mean, if he's coming in, if he's coming in just to you know be a, a one inning guy, okay, fine. But if you're going to try to keep throwing that hard, if you, it all depends on what he wants to do. But it was fascinating when I read that that he was uh, working out as a two way player because it was all tied to Wander Franco, the race top prospect, and, the, and wanting to be on the Dominican team for the qualifying for the Olympics. And then I saw the Batista nugget, and I was like, interesting, another two way player to go along with Brendan McKay and Shohei Otani and. I think I believe the Angels have another two-way player. Is it, uh, is it Jared Walsh? I think is the other two-way player. So we're starting to see more and more two-way players, and you know, I'm, I'm as the kids say, I'm not mad at it. Especially well, th- with people like Otani. Think, think, think how valuable you would be to an organization if you could do, you could play the outfield and pitch. Your value. Think about the money. I mean, what, what if Shohei Otani? What will his worth be? If he's a guy that's an ace pitcher and has the ability to hit 40-plus home runs, like what, what, could you, what could you command on the open market to be a legit starting pitcher and a legit middle-of-the-order hitter? Are you worth $50 million? If you got guys – Trout's making what this year, $37 million? Yeah, something like that. You know, some change. What are you, what are you worth if he's ma- – because – I mean, I know he's the best player in the game, but you could, you know, he's only playing center field. What if you legitly pitch and hit? What could you demand? Like, what could Scott Boris get you on the open market? Well, I figure Garrett Cole got what thirty six a year. And and he's playing once every five he's days. Playing once every five days. I, I think Otani, a player like to get somewhere around fifty. I don't disagree with that. Fifty million dollars, but the versatility. You, we should ask Bob Melvin about that. Like, what would that versatility be like if you had a guy that could come in and get outs for you and also hit? And I, I, to me, Otani's just a freak. I, I see this role as someone who plays, who as a as a. Uh, oh no! Now they're throwing to first base. We could be in trouble. Um, I, I see this guy being a bullpen guy if he's a pitcher. He's going to be somebody that comes in, you know, kind of starts loosening up when the team's at the plate, and then uh, and then he comes in, throws eight pitches, and he's ready to go. 
I, I think the starting will just be too tough. But let's ask Dallas Braden because, you know, Dallas Braden was actually a very good hitter also at Texas Tech. So we'll get into get in with Dallas about being a two-way player in Major League Baseball. Absolutely amazing. Are you more afraid of a ball being airmailed from second or that ball that Mike Trout hit at uh, Top Golf yesterday landing here first? Well, how, how about all the guys playing at Top Golf uh, in Arizona and one of them who was playing uh, can't make the can't make the game today? Yeah, Cody Bellinger scratched due to side soreness as he was one of the guys playing golf at Top Golf with Trout, uh, Pool House. Justin Turner and others, uh, but by the way, if you guys, if no one's seen the video of Trout launching that golf ball, please check it out. It's incredible. Well, he already has. I mean, his swing, he's got an uppercut, and you think about. It, can you imagine him playing? I mean, him playing golf. It's just I can't imagine the I saw, power. I saw someone go. Uh, it was a someone tweeted. You know, I can only imagine what Barry, how far Barry Bonds would have hit the ball in his heyday. Who cares? Mike, it's Mike Trout. He crushed that ball, that golf ball. Well, I, I, I'll tell you a guy that I saw. Uh, former baseball player, King Griffey Jr. played alongside Tiger Woods at the AT&T. Now, he was spraying it all over the place, but when he got into it, it, it was amazing how far King Griffey Jr. can hit a golf ball. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep, Bam going back, looking up, he Twenty-nine other MLB clubs. Two-two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, gone for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. He's on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. So Grady Fuson, the legend, is standing and watching batting practice. I've texted the great Bob Townsend, my brother who knows Grady well, to tell him, I'll see if Bob can book Grady for us on the show today. Dallas Braden going to be joining us in moments. He, Dallas is talking to some people with email, so he said we'll be over shortly. Ready for the best sweets? The deal is unbelievable. Flexible 2020 seat plans include packages starting at just $99 a person. That is amazing. You get your friends, you get your buddies, you get the suite. For more information, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. This is a killer deal. And you need it. I mean... I can tell you more. Go look it up. I mean, you can have Stomper come up, say hi to the kids. You got the spread, especially for the specialty nights like the firework nights. Sweets are awesome, and these deals are absolutely unbelievable. So I've now been texted Grady Fuson's number. Let's see if uh, I can get him to come over, the man, the myth, the legend, who was poorly portrayed in the uh, movie Moneyball. That's not how great he is. <laughs> uh, all I remember from that is when the the line of uh, you're gonna be telling your kid that when you're working at Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, that one, and then the uh, the infamous "Go blank yourself," which was good. Uh, but yeah, I've heard that before too. That it was poorly portrayed. Same with Art Howe. They said oh Art yeah, yeah. They too. they they did they did they they did Art Howe dirty. 
And the sad thing is, is you got to have a villain in the movie. And they kind of made Art out to be the villain when Art it was you know, the most lovable guy of all time. That was not that was and and and, and it kinda it kinda hurt Art. You know, you, you build up this reputation as a player. Remember Art Howe was a really good player with the Houston Astros. You build up this reputation as somebody who's one of the really good people in our game, and then you're portrayed as a jerk in a movie. I mean, who who would want that, right? Here's a by the way, I have one of the one of the great lines from Grady Fuson in the movie. You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm texting Greddy now, see if he can come on, and ask him how, how he felt about it. Yeah, we even had him on. It'd be a first for me. I... Robbie Grossman walking by. How you doing, Robbie? The man that has the love-hate relationship with Statcast. One of the best. One of the most iconic lines from the season last yes, year. Yes, that was <laughs> that was that was unbelievable. And, and, you know, the thing that we care so much about this spring as we wait for Dallas Braden is simply the health of the players. I mean, look how things have dramatically changed already for for the New York Yankees. The Yankees, you know, I, you, could say the, you could say the Yankees are the favorite because we, we just don't know what the Astros are going to be like with all the, all the issues surrounding them. But the Yankees have so many guys hurt already – and that's the thing about getting off to a hot start. It, it, the Yankees are going to have their depth tested right out of the gate with all the guys that they have that they have down. And I think the Red Sox, everybody still kind of wants to put the Red Sox. I just, you know, when you get rid of your best player, the morale of the Red Sox can't be good, right? You can't be like, hey, we're going for it. You know, and th- these guys have experienced a lot of, a lot of, a lot of playoff baseball, and now you're trading your best player. I mean that that is that's one of the worst signs you can have going in. It's like well, it's like looking what we saw the past couple days, the past couple days with with the Cleveland Indians, knowing that Lindor and other Cleveland Indians could be on the move, and you get rid of Kluber. I mean, that is uh, that's not a great that's not a great show of confidence for your ball club going into uh, the 2020 season. No, not at all. And I was looking at something on Twitter I just saw that popped up. Apparently Trevor Bauer, friend of the program, we're efforting to get him on later this week, was telling batters in the game today against the the Dodgers what pitches were coming in order to avoid any potential sign stealing. So instead of – well, we we saw that the Cubs players were mic'd up earlier, which we'll get to. But Bauer was intentionally telling players – on the Dodgers, what pitches were coming to avoid, avoid sign stealing? Your thoughts on that? Say that again? Trevor Bauer. Here, this is Derek Dietrich. He was uh, talking with uh, probably Jim Day of, um, well, from the Reds on Fox Sports in Cincinnati. Uh, here's the audio, if it plays. Talking about Bauer giving up uh, what he was throwing to Beatty there, and you have an answer for this? I, in fact, I do. Um, you know, Trevor and I are good friends, and um, if you follow baseball this offseason, there's a little thing going on with uh, sign stealing. So uh, Trevor's not too fond of it, so he figured he's going to try something new this season, and he's going to start telling the batters what's coming. And that way there's no, um, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about what's going on. Just here it comes, try to hit it. Wow. Well, 
Grady Fuson is walking down the line as we speak, and we're going to have him on, talk a little A's baseball and get his wisdom and all the years that he's been in this wonderful game. Of course, uh, he tees it up with my brother and my nephew all the time down at San Diego Country Club. But this man is an absolute baseball legend. And back with the A's and a lot of these great players, he's been the guy that's been evaluating these guys. And uh, it's going to be great to have him on as we have this best access. That's why we do this show the way we do it. So we have the access to the players and to the front office and to everybody in baseball. Like no other team has this type of access. Grady, it's great to have you on, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Mr. Townsend, you just got me in time. How about that? I, I texted my brother. I'm like, I see Grady over there. Send me his number. Where's the umbrella? You're out here in the heat. I know. It kind of shows you, you know, we're big league, but not that big yeah, league. Yeah. How excited are you for the 2020 season, this group of players? Yeah, everybody's looking forward to it. So we've got a little uh, rebound here. Obviously, you know, we got off to a little sluggish 0-1-5 start, but uh, kind of rallied back, got a lot of young kids involved, and it's been fun the last couple of days. Yeah, it, it kills me when, when fans are, are hitting us up on Twitter, like, panicking. I mean, it's spring training game. Settle down. I mean, the great thing <clears> about for the A's this spring is that you guys in the front office – you know, it's been pretty easy. You know, you're not you're you're not in a situation where you're having to build a rotation on the fly. I mean, you really have six options right now, and then you got a ton ton of death at AAA. It's like for the first time in a long time, there's not a whole lot of movement. We know who the core is with this group going forward. Yeah, you're right on. I mean, it's uh, you saw it kind of come together the last couple of years, and now we got this healthy group of young pitching that we're kind of hoping makes it through this year. So it's going to be a big part of it. What? team would you compare this 2020 group with all your years being with the A's? Um, well, it's hard to say without you know, the finishing of, of the starting rotation, but you know, I go back to those 88 to 91 years or 90 years that were, you know, the, the rotation was solid, the back end of the bullpen was solid, we homered, we walked, we had all the ingredients to creating runs, and it played itself out you know, over the course of a full, you know, three years almost. So, you know, we're on time finally with the pitching. If Lazardo's what we think he is, if Puck comes in and he is what we think he is and the rest of the guys that are here, uh, the bullpen uh, performs, you know, offensively. We play the – we catch the baseball well now. Uh, I think our defense is as good as it's been in a long time, uh, both outfield and infield. So, I mean – we got a chance to be the total package type team if everything holds up, people stay healthy and and play uh, you know moderately to their potential. I'm glad you brought up the defense because I think around the country when people think about the A's, they think about home runs and they think about power, but to me the hallmark of this team has been just the superior defense, especially the corners, whether it's right field, left field, third base, first base. The defense really is second to none and it's you can win a lot of games with good defense. Without a doubt, especially when you have pitching and you have good pitching, that 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 plus defense just adds to it. And, you know, the one thing that hasn't changed in our game over these years is how to win one, and that's just outscore your opponents. So when you're in a position to win two-to-one games as much as you are to win six-to-five games, you're in good shape. Yeah, the A's, I believe, had 27 wins 
in one-run games, and that was the most in Major League Baseball. And it just tells you about the confidence, really, in in, in the players. And I, I, I liken this to basketball. I know it's not apples to apples, but recently I saw this interview with a lot of these NBA greats, and Isaiah Thomas was one where he was talking about, you know, losing to the big three, the Boston Celtics, taught them how to win. And then, of course, Michael Jordan got beat by the Pistons and not taught him how to win. So in sports, you can lose, and they're tough losses, but if it it shows you how to win championships, and I'm hoping that the last two years, these wild card games have really taught these guys what the postseason is all about. Hopefully we get out of this wild card thing. Yeah. But uh, you know what's amazing is when you think we won, what, 97 games last year? How many games did we blow in the ninth? A lot. Yeah, it's like 27. So just imagine if half of those would have been saved, what our record would have been just off the charts. We'd we had the best record in baseball. I mean, think that nowadays we're looking at it. You've got to win well over 100 games to win your division. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, you know, how many clubs won 100 in their division? All three American League All three teams American League. won over 100 games. Yeah, so – you know, the game has its way of turning on, turning off, changing tides, but it uh, just shows you how talented some of these clubs are right now. A little live action here is a, uh, Matt Champ and almost got us with the ball. You know, you were in a movie. A you, are, you are not sitting in a perfect spot. No, you know I am that. not. <laughs> That's why my eyes are always always looking forward. Um, you, were per, you were in Moneyball. And it's pretty, you know, obviously is a huge, the book and the success of the movie. How did you feel you were portrayed in the, in the movie? Well, not very good and certainly not with much truth. So I didn't mind it. You know, a lot of people don't know that originally uh, Steve Soderbergh was going to be the director. And there was about four of us that were going to play our own part. And I was one of them. Oh, that would have been awesome. And right the day they came here to film at Phoenix Muni, they had all the stuff. They had the booms and all the stuff that goes with production and television. And that's when they fired Steve Soderbergh, and the, the movie went in the tank for a while. Yeah. And then the new director, eventually a year or so later, when they uh, decided to redo the movie, he had a whole different idea. So uh, you never really told Billy Bean that uh, he's going to be working at Dick's Sporting Goods, right? I don't remember doing that. <laughs> or you don't put a team together with a computer, no, Billy. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, me and Billy always had our little arguments, but those are the normal things that go on yeah. in a front office. You know, you you talk baseball and passionate people get get going. And But I've, I've never not liked working for the man, and obviously he keeps hiring me back, so. We're good. Hey, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and uh, keep taking care of my nephew down there, Jack Townsend, because I think he might have a might have a future in the game he, of golf. He's missing me right now. He probably probably shy a couple of twenties that we play for here and there. So. <laughs> hey, next time you need a screen in front of you. I'm just I know, telling you. I know this is this is the last show we're doing on the field until we get back home because we do this in Oakland. We do this before every game in Oakland. We have the show out on the field, and it just it allows us to have access to people like yourself. Yeah. It's incredible. We appreciate the time. Be well. We'll see you back in Oakland. You got it. Thank you, man. Coming up next, we'll have Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. And he's going to be on the call tonight. NBC California, Cubs, A's. 
Dallas Braden will be joining Glenn Kuyper. And he joins us now here on A's Cast Live. Did you see the article you were recently mentioned in? Um, there's a, there's a lot of people that have a lot of things to say about me, I guess. Townie, which article are you talking about? It's uh, picking one folk hero from every team. And, I, you know, when you look at – whenever you look at one of those articles, first thing you do is you go to the A's to see who are they going to pick. Yeah. Because is it a guy from the 70s? Right. Is it a guy from the 80s? Right. It's you. Is it a guy who's probably? Is it a guy who's going to answer his phone? I think that's that's how it ended. They're like, all right, who who would answer the phone and maybe maybe send out a tweet or something? And so it landed, it landed on me. No, that was. Um, I got to tell you, Tony, I had a lot of people send me that article, you know, through social media and stuff, and I had no idea, you know, what it is. And you get to the Oakland A's and you start. So I mean, honestly, uh, I I did. I ran into my wife and was like, look at this, and she was like, what does this mean? What? And I was like. It just means that the fans are about as cool as it gets. They are about as welcoming and uh, lovable as it gets because, in in my opinion, am I the guy that deserves to be that name on that list? You totally deserve it. Pro- probably not, but do I wear it with you a badge? You deserve oh, it. Tony, like, like you wouldn't believe it. People man. love you. I, I, I don't know, was it last year or the year before when you went up into uh, the top of the stadium down the yeah. right field line? Yes. And then – People started tweeting about it. Next thing you know, you, you were just having a beer, wanted to hang out. And next thing you know, you had a line of people. Yeah. Hey, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I was there to catch a ball game, day off. But uh, you know that there's certain things that come with showing up at the ballpark. And for me, interacting with fans, if, if it takes two minutes to make somebody's day, or if I get to take five minutes and hear a cool story from a fan's perspective, I, I just don't understand how that ever turns into a bad thing. And it never has been for me. And so it was just another awesome story, another great memory formed at the ballpark that I get to tell. If you're real, A's fans will love you. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I think that's what we have seen. That's what's been so cool about being part of this organization for so long is you've seen players come and go. You've seen great players who may have not have connected with the fan base on the same level that even some guys who weren't everyday players, who weren't regulars, or who might not have been the best performers, but they endear themselves to the fan base. They make themselves available, and the next thing you know, you're, you're celebrated in a way, frankly, that you just don't deserve to be. And I, I, I think about what we got going here. It, it, there's something special. We were just talking to Gary Fuson, and, you know, we're talking about putting all the pieces together, defense, starting pitching, bullpen, Home runs, scoring runs. It, it, this, this to me, I think a lot of people on the outside don't really know it like we do. I, I think this is this team's time. It's this it's, year. Well, you, windows, right? That's what we talk about in pro sports. Windows, windows of opportunity. Does the team have they put themselves in position to take advantage of their window? And what does it look like? And and for you and I, frankly. Tony, there is no glass in sight. And what do I mean by that is that window is wide open, broken out. There's not a frame to be seen. It is wide open, in my opinion. And to your point about players before endearing themselves to the fan base and what we have here now, I mean, you just think about the guys like, you know, the the Murphys, the Pucks, the Lazardos, who I'm sure you guys have talked about, three in the top 100 prospect list of all of baseball right here at the big league level for the Oakland A's. And those are just some of the personalities that for the foreseeable future will be the guys who not only go out and perform well, but again, are along that same thread endearing themselves to the fan base. How would you handle these young left-handers 
to where they only pitched in relief last year. You know, Lazardo kept having some nagging injuries, Puck coming back from Tommy John. You need them to throw as many innings as possible. You need them to be ready to go for postseason play. How do you handle that? You need them to be healthy, first and foremost, and then you need them to be confident in themselves. And how you get there is putting them in positions to succeed. And I think that's part of what we saw last year is to dump the responsibility of full-time rotation spots on guys. That's a, that's a lot to handle early on, especially if you are dealing with maybe some injuries or you have some restrictions placed on you like we had some arms. Although they're pitching at the big league level, they, they didn't necessarily have the, the free ability to be who they were because of monitoring and making sure that their health was something that was being paid close attention to. So for me, again, as I said, getting a gauge of their confidence and from there, it's basically letting them know you are going to be a big part of what we do now and what we do in the future. How we are able to get you out on the mound every five days is something we're going to pay attention to. And we talk about this a lot, guys coming off injury or guys just getting to pro ball. It takes a while for you to get your arm into professional pitching shape. And then there's that big league pitching shape as well. And that's where they're at right now, the Pucks, the Lizardos, is they're, they're scratching that surface of figuring out, am I going to be a mainstay in this rotation? Is maximizing my talent and ability the best thing for the team in the rotation? Is it a bullpen roll? Those things shake themselves out. But right now, when you look at the rotation and how it shapes up, to have those two guys in the conversation at this early in their career, knowing what kind of impact they could have, you, you got to think you're, you're sitting in a pretty good spot. How key is Chris Bassett, the ability to start, the ability to relieve, and really can kind of give you that option, a legit option on the mound, if you want to give Puck and Lazardo some time off? That's it is it is paramount it is I really can't speak about the magnitude because you're talking about guys who can go out there and get it done in, in a bassy and you're not questioning or second guessing whether or not he's serviceable you know what you're going to get so now you have the ability to plug that guy in should something go down early before a start or you have Chris Bassett to lean on for three innings if a blow up occurs early on and you need someone to not only just keep you in the game but give you a chance to win, that's who Chris Bassett is. And I've talked a lot about Yusmero Petit before in the past. When you think about the San Francisco Giants run and what he meant to that club coming out of the bullpen, being a spot starter, a guy who can go and clean up three or four innings in a blow-up scenario that I just mentioned, and that is huge when you talk about taking pressure off of the rotation. You talk about taking pressure off of the bullpen. To have a guy, a Swiss Army knife down there that you can unfold at any point in time, as Bob Melvin can, that's that's magnitudinal. We are all about being able to play in a lot of different positions. Mm -hmm. That's the new thing in baseball. We need guys that can play all over the diamond. And the new chic thing, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today, a lot of people may not know you hit in college, and you were a good hitter in college. A two-way player, the value of somebody, oh. Shohei Otani, oh. can be an ace pitcher. The guy could pitch in the All-Star game, be in home run derby. But I think, what, what would your value be if you're a legit pitcher and hitter in Major League Baseball? Well, I mean, I don't. I, I feel like I am screaming into the void when I explain to people the value of a Shohei Otani, and people are going, "Yeah, but you know, it's no, 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 not yeah, but you know." Just take your number two or your number three starter in any rotation in the major leagues and think about giving that guy 350 at-bats in a season. You would be laughed 
out of the building. You would be laughed out of every general manager meeting that you would be invited into the minute you said that. That's who Shohei Otani is. That's who some of these two-way guys could potentially represent. Otani's on a different level than anybody else, frankly. We're talking about a guy, Tony, who is garnering comparisons to the great George Herman Ruth. Yeah. That just doesn't come along every hundred years as we're finding out so you plug a guy like otani who's got the ability to hit in the middle of a lineup and go out and get you a start against a number a number one and number two that is a that is a unicorn that's not even a unicorn i don't even know what you call that animal because they don't <laughs> exist Tony. They, they're not out there it's a manster <laughs> half man half monster and I, and the one guy that could have done it easily was mark kotze oh i mean we we're t- are you kidding me? Easy. Easy off the bump. Golden Spikes, no? I yeah. mean, let's be real. Yeah. Cots was blowing cheese, 90, low mid nines out of college. I mean, the ridiculous athleticism in the outfield. I've talked about this and said this forever. One of the best, if the not if not the best defenders and pure readers, pure route runners in the game of baseball. Maybe not have been the fastest guy, but you want to talk about a ball going up in the air and banking on who's going to be waiting for it to come down. Mark Kotze's right near the top of that list. Yeah, he would, when we played against him, we were in the same conference, he'd go three for four, and then hit shut a the jack, door. and then he'd come in and get the save. Yeah. You're like, this isn't real. <laughs> How does fair. this? And, of course, he's the golden spike. I say it all the time, and I think sometimes he he, he, he doesn't want me to, He's arguably the greatest college baseball player of all time. Right, that, that, and that is a that is a hell of a title to carry yes. around. And for people to not really understand what kind of impact a player like that could have at the major league level, think about the expansion of the rosters as well, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing is Otani, at a time, he's not going to count against the pitcher total that you're allowed to carry because he's a two-way player they have their own designation completely so he is a bullpen arm he's a starter he is a three-hole hitter he's a lot of things that a lot of guys would love to be in the big leagues all at once okay so i want to be like little league i want otani to play every game i hate giving a time i'm with you play every so if if trout's making 37 million a year he doesn't. He doesn't pitch. No. 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 So, no, no, so no. what is a guy worth nay, if nay. he's legit pitching and legit hitting? What, what, what are you worth? Fifty mil? We're not there yet. We, the, the, I believe that Shohei Otani is going to break the way that players are compensated. Should he stay healthy and should he be able to perform at the plate as well as on the mound the way that we've kind of seen flashes of? Like, like, like seriously. How do you pay a guy that could potentially be a 20-game winner on the mound and pop 30? He, 30 pops, 30 homers. Like, that guy gets paid in baseball. The guy who wins 20 games, he gets paid in baseball. That's the same dude when we're talking about Shohei Otani. How are you going to pay him? What would you start at? Oh, buddy. I mean, we're talking about, first of all, we got to see about the health, right? Because let's just say he's hell. Uh, let's say player X, mm-hmm. all right? I got player X. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make him He's in my two or three in the rotation, and he hits in the middle of my order. Where we start? What, I mean, what's he worth? You, you have to consider. I'm, I'm starting 35, probably. 35 million a year. Why not? You're talking about a guy who's going to hit you 30 to 40 home runs and win you potentially 20 ball games on the mound. And I know 20 ball games on the mound is lofty but we're talking about over a course of what 32 33 starts giving your team more than a chance to win every time he toes the rubber we saw what he did to the oakland a's opening day i was 62 feet away from watching him dazzle with 100 mile an hour fastballs and devastating splits at the bottom of the zone rendering hitters essentially ineffective even with two bats in their hand 
Now that guy is going to go and hit third in the lineup when they go on offense, and he's going to do that all year long. So if we're talking about a guy who's not getting the 350 at-bats, maybe he's getting 500 at-bats, tell me, we can't – I don't know that we have a baseline yet to even – think about compensating that individual give me scott boris on the phone oh. how, how much am i making am i i'm making 60 you got to compensate me for both am i making 60 million and that's and that's the whole point is is i was kind of i like when the idea that you could start to have to entertain paying players for just a year because of how contracts are being divvied up and how they're being handed out and what teams are looking for could you imagine paying a guy 40 million dollars a year and people are like what 40 million dollars a year for what well we're there we're there, and we're there over the course of nine years in some instances, right? So imagine trying to capitalize and trying to sort of catch that lightning in a bottle. It's going to cost you a bit, but I think Shohei Otani's a guy that you could definitely, you know, conceivably think, I'd give this guy $40 million a year to see what he's going to do for me on the mound and at the plate. That's a, that's a risk. It's a risk I'd be willing to take. So what we're doing here is so unique with A's Cast and A's Cast Live. It's something, you know, that... Everybody in baseball will be doing this at some point. We're just the first. And then for you, what you've started, which has been great for television and for us, is to have a guy who played Major League Baseball down near home plate and analyzing the game for us. I know the Dodgers have now copied it, but what's that been like for you to really be the first guy to do that and now all these other teams are looking at going, that's a really good idea. Well, it's been it's been really cool, and I'm not, not going to – mention any names or organizations or anything but there have been some teams uh from what i understand that have have kind of tried to run that out there and there are certain things that you have to overcome in an effort to make that seamless in an effort to make it work and so i do take a lot of pride in that regard and being able to sort of just slide right in if you will with the great glenn kuyper and the great ray fossey and i just kind of get to be that add-on down there I, I i love it i enjoy it but i think the biggest thing is being able to bring the game and the perspective of where i'm at what i'm seeing what i'm hearing to the fans who, who really don't have that given to them anywhere else well i i, I think about you know how much we love Ray, and you're talking about a two-time World Series champion mm-hmm. as a catcher, mm-hmm. and then we have you as a former pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's the dynamic of the perspectives, I think, is what makes it. Like, as I think if you were a hitter and Fossey was a hitter, it, it, the fact that you were a pitcher, he's a hitter, he's a catcher, it makes for a great dynamic. Well, it would be a little different conversation, I'm sure, and at times, and, and, and Foss and I have talked about this off air, we kind of have to be careful and watch ourselves as to not just completely eliminate Kipe from the conversation <laughs> at times because it's, it's not like Kipe doesn't know what he's talking about. Kipe knows the game. Like Kipe the played minor league baseball. Oh, let's be real. Yeah. Kipe, I mean, he's every bit of qualified um but Foss and I get going, and we start to dive into those relationships, dive into the thought processes about trying to get a hitter out, what we're looking for, what we're seeing happening. And when you get a guy that has his aptitude, as Foss does, and somebody like me who's just trying to constantly learn, even though I can't apply whatever I'm going to learn on the ball field today, uh, it's it does. I think, I think that's what the fans, I, I think, appreciate. And the fans need to know you are still the king, the heavyweight champ, you have not been scored on. You've taken on all comers at Fantasy Camp, and no one has driven in a run against you. That's right. Still got a zero ERA. There was an error made in the Fantasy Camp season this last Fantasy Camp, um, but I still have a zero ERA. That's what I know, Tony. That's all that matters. Still unearned. 0.00. So I, I appreciate all the participants. I got to tell you, Fantasy Camp was 
amazing this year. Giambi was It there. was amazing. Giambi was out there. Did he play? What a peach. Did he play? Are you kidding me? Was he hitting bombs? She was dropping head, <laughs> Dowdy. Oh, the G was great. But, I mean, again, Giambi, you talk about guys who endear themselves to a fan base, obviously an uber, super, uber star, but he came back, and folks who had watched him, paid to come and watch him, bought his jersey, he treated them like they had played 20 years in the big leagues right alongside him every single day. And that's what you get when you come to the fantasy camp. That's what you get when you come and hang out with guys like Giambi who really appreciate the fans and what the game of baseball has done for him and his family. That's what this year's fantasy camp was really all about. That was the vibe of the camp. Amazing, amazing job by everybody who put it on as well. There was a lot of moving parts going on behind the scenes to get everybody accommodated in a brand new place, brand new setup. There was a ton of things that could have went horribly wrong, none of which occurred. Everybody, from what I understood, had the time of their life, and I believe we had as many as many renewals as we had had combined over the last three or four years, all in one day last year or this last this last turn. So a, a great turnout. I know he's got young kids, but they'll grow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to see him manage. <laughs> I want to see Jason. I think Jason, because people thought they they brought it up. They, they, they think his baseball mind that he could, and he's got the presence well, in the clubhouse. He's a former MVP. He's a guy, he's a guy, Townie, when we got on the bus together to go to fantasy camp each morning, you know, because the coaches kind of drove separate on our bus, and you could not, like, I couldn't get on that bus and not have a baseball conversation with G. That's just how it was. I got on the bus, and we were talking the game. We were talking baseball. I was talking to him about rounds of BP, asking questions, right? But if you get a guy like that, sometimes you're afraid to have those conversations. Sometimes you don't feel like he's going to be open to that. You almost have to find a find an opportunity to get out of the conversation. Like, all right, G, hey, good talking to you, man. I'm, i got to go and do this baseball thing, you know. But, uh, I mean, you just you love every minute of it. So I was very fortunate to be able to spend not only time with him as a teammate, but at fantasy camp. So for your schedule going forward, you got the game tonight with Glenn Kuyper, NBC California. What else you got left for spring? Uh, spring training, as far as the Oakland A's are concerned, I'll come out here tonight, obviously call this game, head back home, and uh, then – my podcast with Barstool Sports starting nine will take off and go to Florida and continue the Florida leg of our Spikes Up tour. And that'll be from the 13th through the 19th. And we'll be out there. We've already got some pretty big interviews lined up. Day one's going to look pretty good. Um, but once we get back from there, it will be go time. Green and gold. Let's rock, baby. Season's right around the corner, Townie. Florida's not as good as Arizona. Florida sucks. Oh, God. It sucks. If I was ever any good enough to tell 15 teams that I don't want any part of them, <laughs> all of them would be playing in Florida. No, I'm good, guys. Spring training in Arizona. Thanks for coming. They got You drive like some of you. You're here like two, three hours. Oh, yeah. Every day. Every single day. And think about like the night games. Think about if you were playing this game tonight in Florida. After the game ends at 10, maybe 11 o'clock, spring training games, they can get a little girthy. Think about checking in back at home at uh, 2 a.m. And then get up tomorrow and let's work out. You know it, bud. That sucks. Hey, have a good call tonight. We appreciate it. Yes, sir, as always. And you you earned, you the full hero, you, you earned that. Well, much love and much respect, Tony. We got Lou Trevino coming up right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. All 
Mighty A's fans, last chance to get A's access for the 2020 season is on April 3rd. Make sure you get the deals. 50% off concessions, 25% off merchandise, $10 prepaid parking, free ticket exchanges, and, of course, access to every regular season home game. It's an incredible deal. Go to athletics.com slash access. That's athletics.com slash access. You know, it's always great to have Dallas Braden on. I mean, he's fantastic. There's no question about it. And hopefully he's going to be around us and broadcasting around us for a long, long time. And I do think that dynamic between him and Ray on television for home games is its great. Now, I want you all listening to the game here on A's Cast, but if you are watching it on NBC California, they make a terrific team. Lou Trevino. Lou, two years ago, had a really, really good year and basically established himself as the setup man for Blake Trinan. And then for some reason, last year just did not go the way for Blake or Lou Trevino. Blake is now gone. He's with the Los Angeles Dodgers. But Lou is still here, and Lou is going to be a part of this bullpen. This team needs Lou Trevino to get back to form. Earlier today in the clubhouse, I caught up with the right-hander, and uh, here it is for you right here on A's Cast Live. Well, it's been a while since we talked to you. How was the offseason? It was good. Can't complain. Just kind of, you know, did my own thing in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania and, and uh, worked out, worked, and had a good offseason. What was the number one thing you focused on in the offseason that you wanted to work on? Oh, there's a few things, but for the most part, it's just, you know, trying to stay healthy, um, and get, getting prepared for the season when it comes to my, my body. but uh, And then just kind of working on getting back to being able to repeat my delivery and staying behind the ball. But, you know, that's, that's about it. I remember you talked a lot about that last year when we got the opportunity to speak with you, where you talked about, you know, being able to repeat it over and over again. That was something I know you were really focused on last year. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's 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 pitching. You know, the one of some of the best pitchers in baseball. That's all they can do is repeat. That makes everything easier. You know, you you screw up or you miss a certain location, but you can be able, you can repeat your delivery. You can make an adjustment off of that. You know, if you're not repeating your delivery, good luck. No doubt about it. And, and when I think about this team, and I really notice this at FanFest, the confidence you guys have. Two straight years, one in 97 games, being in the wild card game. Talk about the confidence that's with this locker room right now because in this clubhouse, basically the core is set. Yeah, I mean, I, we're for sure very confident. I think we've last two years had some really good years. Obviously, it's pretty disappointing to come up short in the wild card game two years in a row. But like you said, I mean, we have, a, we have our core group of players here. We have Gold Glovers. I mean, some of the, one of the best lineups in, in all the game. I think our rotation and bullpen is phenomenal. It's just, you know, I feel like we're getting better and better every year, and it's getting more and more exciting to come to the ballpark, play, and, and, and see what happens. And how about this rotation? It was like the last couple of years, Billy Bean and David Forrest are trying to figure out who the starters are going to be. And now, legitly, going into the season with Chris Bassett, there's like six starters that you can rely on. Yeah, not only not just six stars, but six very, very quality starters. You know, we have, what, two no-hitters, you know, thrown. You got Puck and Lazardo who are 
aces in, in in their own right. They're they're very good, very very good young talented arms. It's just it's it's fun to it's fun to watch these guys compete. It's fun to watch them pitch. You know, it's just it's it's exciting. And I think about Mike Fires, and I think we really saw this at FanFest, how he has just become a, a fan favorite and a cult hero for how he changed baseball. And we know the A's are one of the teams that complained about the Houston Astros. Just how much are you guys backing your guy, Mike Fires? Oh, 100%. I was I was happy to see that that, that he, he did that. It was uh, it was something that needed to be done, and I know that and he's got a lot of a lot of uh, crap for coming out and saying it, but. Uh, I think that was the most important thing. He he he, he did this offseason for for the sport of baseball. I mean, it's it's I don't think it'd be I don't think it could be overestimated. Uh, that is very brave for for what he did. All you know, it's it's not he did not have the I'm assuming the best offseason in the world. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. So it's just it was a brave thing. Yeah, I think Bob Melvin said it great. It's like at some point you got to stop this, and it stops. So that's good for you pitchers because, I mean, the, the you imagine being on the mound and they know exactly what you're throwing. That's got to be just mind blowing. I mean, I would much rather face a guy who is juicing, taking steroids, taking whatever he's taking than than having a guy know he's coming or having the guy know what's coming. It's just it changes the game. There's now you're not setting up hitters anymore. The only thing that you have is hopefully, you know, you. You know, your stuff is just better than, you know, the swing that he has. But it's just, I think it's, quite frankly, it's pretty ridiculous. And on a lighter note, my producer here went to a college in Pennsylvania that's called the University, it's like University of California, like... But in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but in Pennsylvania. I mean, do you, do you truly look down, and that was your rival, do you look down on that school? <laughs> I, went, uh, I don't look down on that school. <laughs> But uh, but no, it's 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 cool to have someone from from uh, uh, the PSAC. You know, you, you don't have too many us, us guys around here, so it's cool to it's cool cool to see. Well, you're one of our favorites. We always appreciate the time. Have a great have a great spring. Be healthy, and we'll see you in Oakland. All right, thank you very much, Lou Trevino. If he can get back to form, another great power arm in the bullpen. I'm telling you, there's something brewing here. You can just feel it. I just talked with the uh, VP of your Oakland Athletics, the man who runs this ball club, Billy Bean. Uh, Billy Bean will be coming back to spring training on Saturday. So I'm going to sit down with Billy either Saturday or Sunday, and we'll play that for you, whether it's in A's Total Access or A's Cast Live next Monday, you'll be hearing from Billy Bean. We're also, <laughs> also going to be hearing from Bob Melvin as we're going to start the Bob Melvin show once again. We're going to hear from David Forrest. We'll be starting the David Forrest show. Anything with the athletics, you come here. We take care of you. We cover the A's better than anybody. And we're still going to have tons of players on this week because we're going to be on. We're going to be on tomorrow after the game. Wednesday, we're going to be on from, what, 1 to 4? That's correct. I think we're going to try to do the show from the field since it's an off day. So we won't have any balls coming towards us. We'll just It'll just be like it'll be like Chris Rose on uh, Intentional Talk doing it from Dodger Stadium just yes. by himself. It'll just be us here at, uh, at the stadium here in Mesa. So looking forward to it. Also, we're uh, planning to talk to a uh, good friend of the program, Scott Emerson. Emo. Scott Emerson, maybe, I think, Thursday. and That'll be a long-form interview, so – and we're 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 going to get you know player after player after player, and as 
you follow this show coming up here at the top of the hour, Matt Olson is going to join us. Got a chance to hook up with Matt earlier today. And just to give you some behind the scenes, ESPN is here. Pedro Gomez, longtime reporter, a star ESPN employee, uh, he is here and he's interviewing all of these different uh, A's players and, and Bob Melvin and Billy Bean. So Pedro Gomez hopefully is going to join us around 5.30. Well, no, not 5. Well, no, because we'll be off the air then. Hopefully he comes either a little little after Olsen ends or he told me he could do it on the phone with us tomorrow if he doesn't come. But okay. he has the signature sign-off on ESPN, Pedro Gomez, ESPN. God, remember when he was on Bonds Watch and he was following Bonds everywhere? He, he wrote for the – was it the Mercury News? He was. I believe the San Jose yeah. Mercury News, yeah. yeah. So he was in the Bay for a while, so he's a – a lot of people in the Bay should, should know who Pedro Gomez yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't know who Pedro Gomez is, for God's I mean, if you sake. watch ESPN, he's one of the, like, pro, uh, predominant baseball writers and reporters on there with Buster and and uh, Jeff Passan now. So the, their coverage of baseball is, is still top-notch, in my opinion. Now Chipper Jones is part of the broadcast. He'll be doing the opening day game, Giants-Dodgers on ESPN. Really? Yeah, Chipper's now an analyst on ESPN. Wow. There's a reason why I brought that up. Because remember today, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, who the A's are playing tonight, they played a game earlier against the Angels. And uh, Anthony Rizzo was mic'd up, and he told a story about Chipper Jones. It was pretty funny. The mic'd up, what do you think of the mic'd up? Okay, okay. so today in spring training, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo had mics on. And they were talking. It wasn't just a little brief thing. They were talking throughout the game. I think it's fascinating. I love it. I told you how Mookie Betts did it a couple years ago, and – he was going out there fly ball, and they're like, oh, wait, hold on, fly ball. He goes, I'm not, not going to get to that one, guys. And he's, like, running for the ball here and breathing and everything. Like, it's great. I think it's great to have the players mic'd up. We saw it at the All-Star game with Freddie Freeman and Justin Verlander and different players mic'd up. I thought it was – I think it's a genius idea to market and show the personality and, and everything of these players that we don't see all the time. So it looks like the uh, Cubs have finally arrived here as Cubs personnel is starting to come down the right field line. They won't take batting practice here. They probably took batting practice at Sloan Stadium, which is not far from here, and they bust the guys over. It's always fun spring training where all of a sudden you just see all these guys, these Major League Baseball players, walking, you know, they get out of a bus and come walking down the line. It, it doesn't, it's not like the regular big yeah. leagues. I, I, there's one guy I haven't seen yet, though. Have you seen Rossi anywhere? He must, have, he must have managed the game earlier, so it might be someone else filling in today. They, pl- they played a split squad game today? Yeah, it was against the Angels. So let's hear some of this Anthony Rizzo what, from the game today. You want to hear the Chipper Jones thing? Yeah, see, so he's holding he's, – he's, he's out on the field. He's playing first base, and he's telling this story right here during the game. Look, I'm sitting behind the uh, Braves dugout when I'm like seven, and I'm just – me and my dad are heckling this – Pretty famous switch hitter. Uh, Who, by the way, is joining ESPN as a broadcaster. Nice. Chipper Jones will be, will, I'll be working with him opening That's awesome. day. So go ahead, you're heckling so, him. Larry. Yep, exactly. Larry, Larry. <laughs> like all, every summer we'd go and watch Gary Sheffield, one of my favorite players. You loved up. him, right? Loved him. War number 10. So I get, make my debut in 11, and Chipper Jones gets on first base, and I was just like, in awe of just short story. There's two That's uh, Chipper Jones I'm talking to. I used to heckle you as a kid. <laughs> and I'm talking next to you. It was one of the coolest moments of my life. You did a really good job with a two-out story. Yeah, that was quick, right? 
that's amazing. You got an all-star first baseman telling a story about ragging a Hall of Famer. Chipper's not in yet, right? Yeah, Chipper's Hall of Famer. He went in already? Yeah. He's been retired for five years. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but he, he's in. Just trying to remember. Was like, okay, so, I mean, that's that's – I think that's so good for the sport. Do you got more? Yeah, there's uh, Chris Bryant – or Anthony Rizzo again was at – this is him during uh, an at-bat. Take a listen. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm going to go to her. No, I'm not. Wow. That's good math. Nice work. I'm glad the math kicked in at some point. You did analysis and play-by-play, and you hit there. Fastball. And that was at your your chest. That's uh, that's why I choke up there, to get to those pitches. (laughs) I mean, that is amazing. And then the other one, there's like a two-minute clip from Chris Bryant. It, which is pretty good. I'll play this one from uh, from the game earlier today. Oh, by the way, on the game it was Book Shambi, friend of the program, and Jessica Mendoza calling the Cubs and Angels. So those are the those are the broadcasters here in the background. Here's Chris Bryant, the guy that's leading off. Here he comes, and he's got a, a microphone. So make sure you tell everybody. Tell Jason Castro. What's up, guys? I'm mic'd up. They're gonna tell me everything. <laughs> tell me you're about to go deep. Uh-huh. Say first pitch. I'm gonna wallop it. <laughs> Impractical Jokers style. Impractical Joker is one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I'm not crazy. Well, I am a little bit. Say hi to Jeff. Is that his name? Yeah, Mr. Nelson. Oh my god, 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 what was that? Fastball early on. Now I'm tired. <laughs> spring. I know. It's my first time swinging at the first pitch all spring, too. Thank you for doing that because it made it more fun. Got a slider? God damn. Slider. I see a slider, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's see Chris go to work with two strikes. One of the best in the business. Yeah. I have to say so. No. Oh, good eye right there. I don't know how I did that. Would you guys have that on the picture? That's a ball. That's a ball. I mean, it helped that Chris said that it it was a ball yeah. as yeah. he was taking it. We call it K-Zone, by the way. K-Zone, that's what it's called. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. These are the worst. I have to run these out. Now you're sending a good example. Oh. Thice makes the grab. That's an out. Yeah, that wasn't early. Actually, it was early. I just tried to hit it. Good luck, Anthony. I mean, that's just incredible. And that is how you market your stars. I don't know. I mean, could you do that during a regular season game? I mean, technology-wise, of course. But would teams want their players 
talking like that before a game. I mean, during a game, during an actual Major League Baseball game. I think you have to. I mean, if you're trying to cater to the young, if you're trying to get millennials like myself and like you, millennials into. Yes, I'm a millennial. Listen to the game, you know, watching the games and listening. I think this is a great way to do it. There's so many different ways to do it that we've talked about. And this is one of them. Show the personality of the players, which is something that's been lacking for so long. That's why the NBA is so popular. The players are, are active on social media. They have personalities on and off the court. You know, I don't, I don't care for all the friendship stuff where they're, you know, they're dapping each other up during the games. It's like, I don't, I don't care about that, but they're all per, they have personalities. And there's a lot of good – we see it all the time with a lot of the guys in the A's clubhouse. They have personalities. Show it more. Major League Baseball. Yeah. Let them, let them do this. Let them put highlights on Twitter. Yes. We need to see more. Yes, it's great seeing Mike Trout's golf swing, but that's not a highlight from a game. That's a highlight from him top golf. Yeah, to have Mike Trout or a Cody Bellinger in the outfield mic'd up talking with the broadcast, I just, I, I, I just know how baseball people are. I mean, that's something we can ask Bob Melvin about. Like, like, would you be okay with that if, like, for Saturday Day Baseball on Fox that you're going to have, you know, maybe Matt Olson and Matt Chapman mic'd up? Can you imagine? Watching a game at the Coliseum, and Chapman and Olsen are both mic'd up talking to each other during the game with the broadcasters. I'd, I'd love it. I mean, or just having them mic'd up and talking to talking to Dallas. I mean, I, I mean that if you want to start talking about marketing your game, Pedro Gomez, by the way, will join us tomorrow. He's not going to be able to make it today. He was waiting for Matt Chapman, and Matt Chapman was still doing BP. So and then he was signing autographs after, so Pedro had to wait. So Pedro's going to join us tomorrow, uh, you know, when we're doing the show after the game. So um, looking forward to chatting with Pedro still. See, get his take on this, what he thinks of uh, players being mic'd up. Uh, Liam Hendricks was a big Was It didn't seem like he was uh, a big fan, but we don't know for sure. In the clubhouse when we were in there, it was a lot of uh, yelling and screaming going on behind when we were interviewing uh, Lou Trevino. <laughs> yeah, that – that, you know, we can ask Bob Melvin about it. We can ask Billy Bean about it. Scott Emerson. How about a pitcher being mic'd up? That would be pretty incredible. We saw, what, Verlander last year in the All-Star game? He was mic'd up, I think, against, um, was it Freddie Freeman? Was Verlander? I think Verlander was mic'd up. I can't remember. I know Freeman was for sure. But I I, I love that idea during, during the All-Star game to do it. And I, I guess it's a great way to test it, and that's a good way to showcase everything at the All-Star game. But I am in favor of doing it uh, – during games. I bet it's a Twitter poll we put out there on the Athletics Cast 24 account. I'll put it out here in a second. Would, do you want to see players mic'd up during the regular season? Or would you like to see players? I would vote yes. I didn't see the All-Star game, so I didn't see Verlander. That's when my I take my week off and I say I'm done with baseball. But this year we're going to go to the All-Star game. We're going to head down to Dodger Stadium and do the All-Star game this year, which is going to be fantastic. All right, we promised you the A's first baseman. This man has won two straight gold gloves. He is one of the very best in all of baseball. And it's our first chance to hook up with him since we talked to him uh, around Christmas time. Here is all-star, soon-to-be all-star first baseman, Matt Olson. Well, the last time we talked to you, we were doing the, the great thing for Christmas with the A's. And since then, what's been going on for you in the offseason? Not a whole lot. You know, after that, kind of ramped it up and getting ready for spring and obviously here and, and doing our thing here. And I think about you just got done doing ESPN. 
What is it like now to be getting national attention from the media? We, we hound you all the time, but what's it like now getting the, the national media attention? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's good it's good and bad. Uh, I think we like, you know, kind of being that, that under-the-radar team, but at the same time, it's, it's nice to, to, you know, get that recognition. Uh, you know, we've been a really good team the past two years, and we're going to be a really good team this year. So uh, I know a lot of people don't. Don't necessarily watch our games uh, outside of the West Coast just because of the time. And, uh, any any uh, attention we can get is probably good for us. You know, the reality is when you start winning multiple gold gloves and you hit a lot of home runs, people start paying attention. And I just think as a player, I mean, this is what you dreamed about, right? This is what you dreamed about your career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this this kind of stuff and, you know, World Series is number one for sure, but um, – you know, going out there and, and doing what you can individually is, is important too. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for any any of the recognition that I've gotten. But uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to to be holding that trophy up. And I think about you guys and your core. This has been a really quiet off season. You know, normally the A's trying to make up a pitching staff, but this 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 core is pretty much set. You've won 97 games two straight years. You've gotten to the playoffs. What's the confidence like in this clubhouse? I, it's pretty high. Um, you know, we don't want to get a, ahead of ourselves by any means, but um, you said there's not a lot of turnover. 97 games past two years, wild card. Um, I think we're just going to get better this year. Uh, you know, we got a couple young guys who are up now and, and you know, kind of solidified their spot. And, uh, man, we're just ready to roll. Now, don't tell Chapman or Simeon I said this, but I've said if the next guy who's going to win an MVP for the A's, I predict it's going to be you. Because I think about the defense, I think about the offense, the complete package. I can see that happening. And... What that would mean for your career would be unbelievable. But I still go back to your resiliency when you were going up and down. It wasn't Vegas, it was Nashville. They even had you playing right field. Like, you look back on it now, like, why the hell is Matt Olson playing right field? You're a gold glove winner. Just just talk about your journey to where you were then and where you are now. Yeah, yeah uh, it seems like a while ago now uh, that it was out and right. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's all part of it. Um, you know, I, those things... You know, the, the saying, what, what doesn't kill you makes stronger is, is, you know, I know it's cliche, but it's true in a way. And, um, you know, I, I knew that I had to come up and earn the spot. We had Yonder here who was doing amazing. And, um, you know, I, I understand that it's a numbers game at, at some point, And uh, there just wasn't a spot for me all the time. So just had to, you know, every time I, I came up and, and went back down, just had to know that, you know, it, it wasn't anything personal and just go back to Nashville and, and keep doing my thing. But uh, at some point uh, that it would be a, a permanent thing and, and come get it done. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I think about, you know, with your defense, you know, everybody talks about home runs. That's everybody. But talk about just how great your infield defense is because the metrics are weighing out that you guys are arguably the best in baseball. I mean, I think I think we showed it pretty well last year. Um, you know, we we got a lot of guys who are, are going out there and uh, you know putting in the work and doing what we can to be perfect defensively all around. We want the pitchers to have the confidence in attacking batters and you know putting the ball in play to where they feel comfortable with us making the play behind them. And obviously, we want to do what we can to to uh, you know, make those plays for ourselves and the rest of the team. So, um, 
you know, it's we got a, a very talented group in the infield, and, you know, we're just going to do what we can. You know, it's crazy to think that 97 wins only gets you into a wild card game. That's just kind of way baseball is. Have you guys talked amongst yourself about getting off to that good start? Because that good start helps lead you into whether you got to win 104 or, hell, 107 games. Have you guys talked about that? For sure. Uh, the past two years, we've we've started slow and just kind of it got June and we had to get hot to, to you know, get into the playoffs uh, or get into the postseason. And, you know, if we can make 10 of those losses, 10 wins in April and May, then, you know, that could change the entire setup of the postseason for us. Uh, we want to win that division and avoid that one-game playoff. Um, you know, we've been on the losing side of it the past few years, and, you know, we we really think that, you know, we trust ourselves in that scenario if we get there, but if we got to a series, uh, you know, we're, we're very confident. And obviously this offseason has been dominated by two things, big contracts, especially the big contract for Garrett Cole. We were down at the winter meetings. It exploded with everybody making money. And, of course, the Astros situation. Just, you know, you, you play against them. What are your thoughts when you knew? I know they're saying 2017. A lot of us believe it was other years. Just what are your thoughts on that situation? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, you know, these guys, I'm sure they're not proud of the fact that that it happened, and um, you know, they they got their punishment. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, they're still a, a really good team and a lot of talented players. So. You know, we don't we don't truly know to what extent, um, nor will we probably ever. And you know, that's fine. It's, you know, they're they're a good team. We can't. It's not like we're going to go in there and overlook them now and you know say that you know that's that's why they beat us. Um, no, they're they're a good squad, and uh, you know that's in the past now. In, in my opinion, we're going to go get them this year. Well, 2020, all the Ace fans are really excited. We appreciate the time. Stay healthy, and we'll see you back in Oakland. Yeah, thanks. Matt Olson, your first baseman, and I think this is the year stardom comes. I think he's going to win another gold glove. I think he's going to hit over 40 home runs. I think he's going to have over 100 RBIs. I think he's going to be in the All-Star game, and I think he's a, I think he's a star. I think he is going to be, if I had to bet right now, an Oakland A winning an MVP, I'd put my money on Matt Olson. I, I think he is supremely talented. By the way, great action today in 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 Florida. Our man Trevor Bauer on the mound. Who's he? Fa- it was facing the Dodgers. He was telling the hitters what he was throwing, so there would be no sign stealing. <laughs> well, Jim Day of um, Fox Sports Cincinnati. They they interviewed Derek Dietrich earlier, and he he was the one who said he goes, "Yeah, Trevor's letting them know that." Uh, what pitches he was throwing to avoid sign stealing. He goes, you know, Trevor and I are really good friends. And Dietrich's a good personality, too. And our, our guy, Trevor Bauer, hopefully, you know, we're, I'm efforting to get him on over the phone this week because he won't be here when we play uh, the Reds on Friday. But we'll, we'll get him. Oh, they weren't. I, I, I misspoke. I think I just said Florida. It's in, they're in Arizona. Yeah, they're here, yeah. Yeah. They're playing. I forgot what's Cincinnati's their, here. What's their, the Dodgers uh, are here. What's their, is it Camelback Ranch or is that what, they're, what the name of the Dodgers? I don't know. It's something like that. I don't know. Are they over by Camelback Mountain? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I think that's where the, I think that's where the Dodgers play. So, you got a little uh, you got a little buying or selling for me before we get out of here. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. 
Well, we had a great conversation earlier amongst ourselves, and then you had one with Dallas about the same thing, and that's two-way players. Well, Jose Batista plans to play for the Dominican Republic this year as the team tries to qualify for the Olympics later this month. Batista is expected to play first base, position he manned 30 times in more than 1,650 major league games, during which he hit 344 home runs and drove in nearly 1,000 runs. He last played in the major leagues in 2018, though he spent this past winter working out as a pitcher and hopes of returning as a two-way player And Jeff Passan's latest piece on ESPN.com. Passan tweeted that he's seen a video of Batista throwing a bullpen session, couldn't tell the velocity, but one source said he could throw his fastball up to 94 miles an hour. His slider had legitimate tilt, threw a short one and a bigger bender. Now, the best two-way players that we know of in baseball we talk about are Shohei Otani and Brendan McKay, who is very young with the Tampa Bay Rays. Joey Bats is trying to come back as a pitcher? So buying or selling Joey Bats will return to Major League Baseball as a two-way player nearing 40 years old. Oh, I, I am so buying this. And wouldn't it be great? Every single time he gives up a home run, it's a major bat flip. Oh, please. Oh, that'd be so great. Oh, it'd be, it'd be epic. I, I, I'd pay to see that. I hope, like, the Orioles sign him, too, because then, then we can see the baby Jace hit the home runs off of him. I'd just be bat flipping the whole time on him. Oh, my God, that would be epic. Bat flipping season, as Mark Hanna would say, would go would happen a little early for uh, Joey Bats. Oh, God, that would be phenomenal. So Lance McCullers pitched in a major league game for the first time since undergoing TJ, Tommy John surgery, in 2018 yesterday for the Houston Astros. The Red Air pitched two-thirds of an inning and didn't allow a run. He retired Colton Wong on a ground out to begin the game, allowed a double by Paul DeYoung, struck out Goldschmidt. He threw 16 total pitches, 10 for strikes. The Astros won 5-4. to four. McCullers' fastball received 94 miles an hour on the scoreboard radar gun. His signature pitch is, is, his, is his curve. McCullers' last pitch in Game 4 of the 2018 American League Championship Series against the Boston Red Sox. Now, in his career, the 26-year-old is 29-22, and 22, and the Astros' rotation is subpar after Granke and Verland. So buying or selling Lance McCullers Jr. will make at least 23 starts, which is career high as 22 in 2020. I'm selling. He's a Tommy John guy. They're going to baby him. That's right. what they do. That's right. That's even though they need they need 30 plus starts out of him. You're not going to get that. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. They're, he's going to have innings limitations, and that's the you know, and that's the thing. Like what we talked with Dallas Braden earlier today was when we're talking about Puck, we're talking about Lazardo. How much are you going to get out of these guys? And the main thing is you need them for the postseason. So that's where Chris Bassett's going to get some starts here. And you'll see Lazardo and you'll see Puck. You'll see you'll see them, you know, at certain times not be pitching because you're going to want them. You want their best stuff for the post, for the stretch drive in the postseason. So that you see their turn in the rotation skipped a few times early here. So I think the same thing will be with McCullers. So another AL West team got a starting pitcher back this weekend as well. Corey Kluber, the new Texas Ranger, faced Major League hitters for the first time in 10 months. It was Kluber's first time facing Major League lineups since May 1st of 2019 with Cleveland when Miami's Brian Anderson hit a line drive of his pitching arm and broke it. Kluber then injured an oblique during a rehab assignment which ended his offseason, and it turned out his time with Cleveland. The Indians traded him to the Texas Rangers this year. Now Kluber won the AL Cy Young in 2014 and 2017, and posting a 2.85 ERA and 1.02 whip and 160 career starts with the Indians. Now, we know who leads the 
Rangers pitching south, Mike Miner and Lance Lynn. But after that, their ERA was over seven. Yes, it was very bad. The Texas Rangers. So buying or selling Corey Kluber will be the Rangers' best pitcher in 2020. Oh, I'm selling. One of those other guys will be a better. Oh, you, you, are you buying high on Mike Miner again? Do you think? Do you think uh, Chris Woodward's going to throw him out there on a the start at the end of the year and have him? Have his team drop a pop-up so we can get 200 strikeouts again. Right, that well. was one of the most controversial <laughs> things of last year. <laughs> Let's see what Kluber's got left. I think he still has it, but, I mean, he's getting older. He's in it, what, is he 34, 33, I 34? See, I was assuming since he was like 35. Yeah, he's getting up there. So There's a lot of mileage on that arm. Uh, that's, uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. So. Oh, that's it for today. That's, that's all it? Got. We're yeah. done? I, I'm, I got the Padres thing in there about the 1,400 managers they have in the dugout that we will eventually get to. Yeah, what is it? The Padres have three managers? It's a, They call it the Padres Triumvirate. Triumvirate. Uh, they have three guys in, the, in there. They have um, our guy, Jace Tingler, and then two other guys. One of them is associate manager, Skip Schumacher, and then they have their bench coach. Well, you know what they say about when you have two quarterbacks? You don't have a, you don't have a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Well, they, the Cubs – So if you got three managers – uh, you don't have a manager. The Cubs did the same thing a couple years uh, what, a couple years ago, back in the six in the nineteen sixties, and uh, they tried doing some multiple managers, and it failed after Ernie Banks could not lead the Cubs to anything. They lost like one hundred ninety games in two years. <laughs> so, we'll so see who's who, making the calls? Uh, AJ Preller. Is Jace Tingler allowed to manage the team, or does he like all of his moves have to be with the front office and the other two managers? It's uh, a great question. I just know Schumacher's there so to help at, him. Hey, once the season starts, let's wait a little bit and then find somebody in San Diego and go, what the hell is this? What, well, what are you doing? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get someone. So do we, we'll, we'll get Tony Gwynn Jr. He's a good friend of ours. Unbelievable. All right, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live from Ho-Ho Camp Park here in Mesa, Arizona. And in about yeah, 14 minutes, I'll have A's total access for you. Getting you ready for A's and the Cubbies. A little night, little night baseball down here in the Valley of the Sun. we got the Cubbies and the A's coming your way. So I'll talk to you in about 14 minutes. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.